We're going to talk about how do we, it's time to pray. We're talking, and we're in a series talking about time for a miracle. We're getting ready for Christmas. The whole month here, Christmas is about miracles that have happened that God still wants to do in our lives. But part of it is how, how do we pray? What, what is, how do we actually pray for a miracle if you need a miracle in your life? Well, you might say, well, you just pray. True. But sometimes it's sort of intimidating, depending on what your situation is. It's like, you know, maybe in the back of our mind we're going, this is pretty big. I don't want to mess it up. I want to get everything just right because I want to make sure that God understands what I'm going through. <laughs> well, he does, and we're going to talk about how do we how to really engage God in what we are experiencing. So we're going to start. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 5. We're going to look at a story. This is a, a, an actual story that happened. Uh, Jesus told a lot of stories in the Gospels. They're called parables, illustrations uh, that weren't necessarily real-life experiences, yet we can learn from them, um, like uh, lessons from them. But this is an actual story. So let me read it. It's also in your notes up on the screen. And it says this, Then Jesus started off, and so many people were going along with Jesus that they were crowding him from every side. So just picture this in your mind, a crowd of people, Jesus in the middle, and they were just like shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, just going through, going, walking down the street. There was a woman who had suffered terribly from severe bleeding for 12 years. And even though she, even though she had been treated by many doctors, she had spent all her money, but instead of getting better, she only got worse all the, t got worse all the time. She had heard about Jesus, so she came in the crowd behind him and saying to herself, if I just touch his clothes, I will get well. So she touched his cloak, and her bleeding stopped at once. And she had the feeling inside her that she was healed of her trouble. At once, Jesus knew that power had gone out of him. And so he turned around in the crowd, and he asked, who touched my clothes? And his disciples answered, and they're, they're like, you see all the, how the people are crowding around you? Why do you ask who touched you? I mean, they're going, Jesus, come on. Everybody's touching everybody. We're in this little crowd of people. Everybody's shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, and you're worried about one person touching you? But Jesus kept looking around to see uh, who had done it. And the woman realized what had happened to her so she came, trembling with fear, knelt at his feet, and told him the whole truth. Jesus said to her, my daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your trouble. Isn't that amazing? She was so desperate for, for Jesus to do something in her, to help her, to heal her. Nothing else had been working, and she had this desperation and she knew who to go to, and she knew that he could help. If, even if I can't get to him face to face, but I can maybe touch his, his coat, and then I will be healed. So what can we learn from her? We're going to look at that this morning. We're going to talk about her throughout the whole, through each of the points of the message. But what can we learn about her that helps us to, to reach out to Jesus, believing in faith, and praying for a miracle. Now, you might say, well, I don't know that I need a miracle miracle, 
but I just, I need something. I'm, I, I need God to answer a prayer or a, I have a decision to make. I need some help with this. And you, so you may not be in the supernatural need a miracle category, but you need something. It applies to all of us this morning. So let's dive right in. What do I do? First of all, number one, I need to acknowledge God's ability. Now, we're piggybacking off of last week's message. If you weren't here, make sure you go to our website, find last week's sermon, because it'll definitely help you and introduce what we're talking about today. Acknowledge God's ability. First of all, you need to have faith in God. You have to believe that he exists. You have to believe that God has the power to do whatever it is you need to have done in your life. It's like when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray one time. He starts off the Lord's Prayer, and he says this. This is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. What does hallowed mean? It means how awesome is your name, how amazing is your name, how revered is your name. God, you have the most amazing name. They're acknowledging God for who he is. And in Mark chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus looked straight at them and he answered them and he said, this is impossible for human beings, but not for God. Everything is possible for God. The question is, do you believe that? <laughs> do you believe that everything that you're facing in life right now, maybe you're up against it. It is a very, very difficult situation you're in. You've, you've tried everything. Nothing's working. Nothing's happening. Nothing good is going on. Do you still believe that with God it is possible? That's important that we need to believe that. In other words, there's nothing that God can't do. Now, there are things he won't do. Need to, get, need to understand that. There's things God won't do, but the thing is, he can. He's all-powerful. The word we use for that is he's omnipotent, all-powerful. And God, God can provide all the resources that you need. He can calm any storm. He can heal any hurt. He can fix anything that's broke. He can heal any sickness, any disease. He can change any heart. He can change any mind. Anything. God can do it. We need to start with that. This woman believed it. The woman in the story, she said to herself, if I could just touch his clothes, I will get well. She knew that Jesus this wonderful person she'd been hearing about, now she gets to see him, sort of, in the crowd. She knew that he had the ability to heal her, and if, he could, if she could just get close enough, even just to touch his clothes, she would be healed. So she went directly to the source. She went straight to Jesus because he knew he could, she knew he could do this. So the question is this. Or the issue is, it's not so much how much faith you have, but in whom is your faith? Maybe somebody's taught you or told you over the years. I've heard this, that if something isn't going your way, 
it's because you don't have enough faith. If you had enough faith, everything would work out the way you want it to. Can I just say to you this morning, that is so untrue. Because Jesus even told us, he says, it's not about the amount of faith you have, but in whom is your faith. Here's a verse we used last week in Matthew 17. Jesus told them, I assure you, even if you had faith as small as a mustard, in other words, just a little bit of faith, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. So in other words, there's nothing impossible when you have faith in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing. Not everything is probable. All right? How many of you have ever stood at the foot of a mountain and said, wow? Anybody? Okay? If you've been to the Appalachian Mountains, it's a little while. If you've been to the Colorado Rockies, it's a big while, right? And you're going, you know, the thought come to my mind, this, this verse right here, I go, hmm, if I, had, if I even just had a little bit of faith, I could say to that mountain, just move over there. Is that what Jesus is saying? Sort of. Okay, I, I don't know that any mountain's ever been moved, literal mountain, by somebody doing this. But here's what it is. You know what Jesus is really saying? He's saying, that mountain that is in your life right now, that impossible situation, that thing you're dealing with, the situation you're in, the people that, you're, that are coming against you, that feels like a mountain. It's something you can't see over, you can't go over it, you can't go around it, you can't go through it. Even by believing, even if it's a little bit, mustard seed faith, if you believe and you pray, I can move it for you. I can take care of that. So it's not so much the amount of faith you have, it's in whom is your faith, is what he's saying to us. We trust God, and we believe that he can, and that he will do what he promises, okay? So we acknowledge his ability. Number two, I need to admit my need. Admit my need. See, before God's going to answer your prayer, you need to admit that you have a need that is beyond your ability to resolve, that you need God. There's this story, another story. I'm going to give you a bunch of short little stories as we're going through this. Uh, but in the book of, book, whoop, excuse me. That was sort of fun. I won't do it again, but okay. Sorry, online. Anyways. Uh, in the book of Luke, there's this story about a blind man. He's sitting beside the road, and he's heard about Jesus, and all of a sudden he hears this entourage coming. Somebody says, hey, Jesus is coming to town. And so as Jesus walks by, he, he says, this blind man says, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. So Jesus stops, comes over to the blind man, and he says this in uh, chapter 17, verse 20. Uh, no, no, we're going to Luke, Luke 18, 41. He says, Jesus looked, asked the man, he says, what do you want me to do for you? He replied, Lord, I want to see. I want to see. What if this morning, right now, Jesus stood in front of you face to face, literal, physical Jesus, and he simply said to you, what do you want me to do for you? 
would you say? Open invitation, knowing that he can do whatever you need done. Would you be willing to admit the, big, the need that you have in your life? This man did. He says, I want to see. And he became well. So what keeps us, though, from that? What keeps us from admitting our need to God sometimes? But how about other people as well? Well, there's one word. I think we all know what that word is. It's pride, right? Because even though we know God can help, there's something about us, some of us, that says, you know what? It hasn't come that far yet. I know this is difficult. I know it's hard, but, and I know I've been dealing with this for a long time, but I think I got it. <laughs> I think I got this figured out. I can do this. I don't know that it's got so bad that I need God to step in yet. <laughs> God's going, it doesn't have to be bad for me to step in. And so we, what we do is we try to take matters into our own hands. But the Bible says this, pride comes before what? The fall, destruction, bad things happen, right? There's nothing good about pride. This woman, she knew she had a problem. But she was not too proud. Think about this. She had, it says she had this issue of bleeding. Probably very embarrassing for her to deal with. For 12 years. And here's a crowd of people. And she she had the audacity to make her way through all the people, maybe even pushing a few out of the way, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, getting in there and just reaching, probably had to reach in between a few people just to touch his coat, his clothes. She was that desperate, that willing to admit that she had a need that only Jesus could help her with. And she admitted this. Now, here's the thing. As humans, we have limitations. Okay, we, we, we're, we, don't, we can't do anything. We can't do everything. We, we have limitations to our resources, to our abilities, to our knowledge. And, and the reason we do is because God, he, he created us that way. He made us not God. Does that make sense? He made us so that we are not God. We're not equal with God. We can't do everything God can. Even though sometimes we think we can, we want to, we'd like to believe we could. So you came here this morning, I'm going to tell you one thing. You're not God. Say amen. amen. <laughs> but you know what? God made us that way. The interesting thing is God made you to need him. Not just spiritually, but even, even in life. For life to go really well for you, for, for things to work out for you, there are things that you can't do on your own. At some point, you need to be, be humble and then simply admit, I need God. Once you do that, God says, good. Now I have something to work with. Now we can get down and doing some amazing things. So, what do you have in your life that you are willing to admit is beyond your ability to do? Once you admit that, that's when God steps in and starts doing some amazing things that only He can do. Number three, 
I need to access what I already have. Access what I already have. In other words, what we need to do is we need to look around. Okay, If you need God, if you need a miracle, if you need an answer, whatever it is, start looking around and, and see what resources has God already provided for you. Because in many situations, God has already provided at least part of the answer, maybe the whole answer of what you need in life. You just don't see it. You don't know it. Or maybe it's there and you're maybe misusing it or neglecting it or being unwise with it. Here's a real practical example, and I think we've all faced this from time to time. You just don't have enough money. Okay? You come to the end of the month, you look at your bills, and you go, there's more here than there is here. And you're going, God, I need you. Now, it may be a one-time deal. It may be ongoing. You're like, every month, you're coming up against it. And you're going, God, and, and in your mind, you think the answer, the solution to your problem, the miracle you need from God is you need more money. And God says, you know what? You do need more. <laughs> and you do need a miracle. But maybe the miracle is you just not spending so much. <laughs> Maybe God, maybe God has already provided for you. This thing isn't working out real well. God has already provided for you, and maybe, maybe it's just not being used wisely. Or maybe it's something else. God's already given you the answer, the solution to whatever you need. Maybe he's put people in your life to help you with a situation, and you're still praying for a solution to the situation, and you've got somebody right next to you that says, um, I think God sent me here to help you and you're still waiting for the answer and God's already provided. He's always, already given what you need. An example of this is uh, the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Remember that story? Uh, the, the disciples and Jesus and about, well, it says 5,000 men in addition to their family members. So we're talking 15-something thousand people. On a hillside, Jesus has been teaching them all day. The disciples come, hey, hey, Jesus, I don't know if you realize, it's getting late in the afternoon. I mean, you've been going a long time, which it's good. It's been really good. But the people are getting tired, and they're hungry. It's almost dinner time, and I don't know, maybe we should send them home for the evening, and they can come back. You just finish up tomorrow morning. And Jesus replied to them, and he says this in Matthew 14. He says, no, it's not necessary that we send them home. He says, and knew what he says to them? He says, you feed them. And they go, impossible. They said, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. And you know what Jesus said? <laughs> okay, bring them here. That's plenty. Five loaves? You want us to feed them? We have a lunch. And we're supposed to feed these 15-something thousand people? And you know what Jesus says? Yep, you got all you need right here, including me. What does he do? He takes the five loaves, the two fish, lifts them up, blesses it, starts handing them out to the disciples, and they start handing them out to the people, and it doesn't stop. It just keeps going. 
And it says, all the people ate plenty. They were full. And they went around and they collected 12 baskets of leftovers. Why 12? <laughs> so that each one of the disciples knew without a doubt that Jesus had just done something amazing. They had their own miracle to carry home. Isn't that cool? In other words, they already had everything they needed. They just didn't know it. Now, it's interesting, with this woman who came to Jesus, it says that she had gone to many doctors and she had a lot, she spent all of her money on medicine and on the health care system. But none of it helped. Matter of fact, she got worse. But it's interesting. I want you to catch this. Jesus did not condemn her for having gone to the doctors. He didn't say to her, Really? You didn't come to me right away? Where's your faith? You know why? Because if you look at scripture, God gives good gifts to people. Every good and perfect gift comes from where? The Father up above. The Father gives gifts. He gives talents. He gives creativity. He gives people abilities, which I'm so grateful for. I mean, he gives, he gives doctors and nurses the ability to take care of us, to help bring healing. He gives scientists the ability to create what God's already given, to use what God's already provided to come up with cures for diseases and sicknesses and illnesses. It's already there. And so God says, use what I've already given. And if you have a need, look around. Start looking around. See what God has already given you to use for that to use for your, your need okay number four is that i need to ask god for help i simply need to ask him the truth is god is just wanting to help you he's just waiting he wants to he wants you to simply believe in him and to ask him james 4 2 says you do not have what you want because you do not ask god for it you know, I, I've, I've thought this before. I might have even said it, and some of you probably have thought it or said it. Well, if God is all-knowing, and God knows that I have a need, or he knows that I'm sick, or he knows that I'm in a difficult situation, why doesn't he just take care of it? Ever thought that? I mean, he could, right? I mean, God could just go around and do everything we need instantly, and we'd never have a need. We'd never have a problem. Why do I need to ask him? Why do, why do I need to pray? Well, one of, the, one of the main reasons is prayer is more about you. God already knows. You're not going to ask him for anything he doesn't already know about, right? Prayer is about you declaring to God your faith, your trust, and your dependence on him to help you. So when you pray with a genuine, honest heart and you simply say God I know you can do anything I know you know my situation I know you have the power to help me I need your help 
That's about you declaring your faith, confessing with your mouth your faith and your belief and your trust in God. He says this in Matthew, and and this woman was so desperate for her healing that she willingly reached out. She wasn't afraid to ask. Now, she didn't verbally ask, but her reaching out and touching Jesus was her form of asking Jesus to help her. Matthew 7, Jesus says this. He says, keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And the door is open to everyone who knocks. So there's three things Jesus says. Look, you ask. You look for. You seek. And you'll find. And then knock and I will open the door to whatever your situation is. I will answer that. Then he says in Matthew 21, Jesus says, if you believe... You will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Now, let let me just stop for a moment on this verse. Oftentimes, people will take this verse and they will build a whole theological system on this verse. Whatever you ask for in prayer, you will receive. However, just like anything else, you need to put this together with other scripture. Okay, God isn't a genie in a bottle where you say the right thing and you'll get whatever you want. But you put scripture together, Jesus said one other time. He said, if you ask in my name, you will receive. Okay, so we ask by faith, we ask in his name, and here's a big one. Whatever you ask according to the will of the Father, you will get it. Does that make a little more sense? When we ask by faith in the name of Jesus and we ask it according to God's will, we say, God, whatever your will is, I want to see your will done. I want to experience it. God will answer our prayers. But we have to ask. We need to let our prayers known. I've had people over the past years of ministry come up to me sometimes and they'll say pastor I needed you uh I I I needed I was in the hospital and you didn't visit me I was sick and you didn't come see me I, I needed prayer and you didn't pray for me where were you and I I didn't know I mean I just I'm not I I didn't know you I'm sorry and I said I said did you tell anybody? And they said, no. You're just supposed to know these things. I think that's our attitude with God sometimes, right? Why bother asking? God knows I need this. He can answer my prayer, and he can take care of it for me. Excuse me. Number five. Let's go to number five. I need to anticipate an answer. In other words, I need to ex- expect God to answer my prayer. And when he do, when, as I do that, I need to act accordingly to whatever I'm praying. Mark 9, 23, Jesus says, What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. It's interesting. This woman... She said, you know, if I can just touch his clothes, 
then I will be healed. This is a very, very revealing statement because she believed that Jesus could. And she believed that if she would just touch Jesus' coat, his clothes, she'd be healed. Now what if, what if, she says, I know, if I would just touch his coat, I'll be healed. I know he can do this. And then went home knowing that that could happen. Nothing happened, right? She believed it so much. She believed by faith that if she did this, she would be healed. So what did she do? She reached out and touched. She put action behind her belief. And it's because of her action that she was healed. Her faith, her faith, demanded that she do something and faith is faith is an action so as you pray you begin acting if as if God is answering your prayer another story Uh, one time Jesus was in Jerusalem and uh, he went to this pool uh, area it was known for healing pool of Bethesda and it was known for quote its healing powers And all around the pool patio were sick people, all sorts of infirmities. And the the story was that when the water began to ripple, okay, they saw little waves on the water, it it meant that there was an angel touching the surface of the water, and the first person in the water was going to be healed. That was the story. And so Jesus comes up, and out of all the sick people there, he finds this one man, this invalid. He, for 38 years, he, couldn't, he was an invalid, couldn't walk or anything. He's laying down on his mat. And so Jesus comes up to him and says, hey, what's going on? What, what do you need? And he says, well, I, I can't walk. And every time, every time that the water ripples, I can't get up. Somebody beats me into the water. I can never make it that far. And so Jesus said to him in John 5, 8, he said, stand up. Pick up your sleeping mat and walk. Now think about this for a moment. For 38 years, this man had never walked. I don't know, he probably tried many times. But all of a sudden, one guy comes up to him and tells him to get up and walk. What if he would have said, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate those words. So encouraging. Now leave me alone because i got to get in that water. Here's the thing. Jesus provided the healing, but he didn't know it was there until he got up and walked. He was healed. But he had to take some steps, literally, of faith to experience his miracle. So here's the thing. As you pray, as you have faith, as you believe and you're seeking God and you're praying and you're seeking God and you're praying, maybe, just maybe, God's already answered your prayer. He's just waiting for you to take that step of faith for you to realize that the miracle is already happening. I don't know, just maybe, for you to be able to do that. An example of this. Some of you have experienced this before and you would raise your hand and go, Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. All throughout Scripture, God tells us that 
obedience to him, honoring him, and living for him, uh, one, of the, one of the qualifications for that is tithing. Giving the first 10% of your income back to God as a gift back. You're honoring him, right? And for many of us, you know, if money's tight and we've never learned this before, we're going, really? i got to give God 10% back? I'm not even paying the bills with 100%. This doesn't make sense. Yet, just like all of God's promises, he always comes through. When you step out in faith, in obedience, this is one of the things God says, test me. I promise that if you do this, I will not only provide for the, everything you need, I will bless you even further. Now, he does it in some very creative ways sometimes. Sometimes he stretches that for, faith for us. But it's one of those things that you will never realize sometimes God's supernatural provision and blessing in your life if you don't take that step of faith and go first. That's for a lot of your miracles as well. Then number six, the last one. All the things that we've talked about, the last thing we need to do is I need to accept his answer. Accept his answer. This is very, very important. Because as you pray, you pray by faith, and you can even begin picturing the answer in your mind. And you can, you can think about, what would that look like? I need a miracle. I need God to come through. I, what would that look like? That's okay. That's called faith, picturing your miracle. But sometimes, a lot of times, God wants to answer your prayer in a way that is greater than your imagination. It's bigger than what you're thinking. Now, because it's different, you don't know it's bigger and better at the moment. But if you hang in there, you'll realize this. Ephesians 3.20, use this last week, powerful verse. To him who by means of his power working in us is able to do so much more than we can ever ask for or think of. Think about that for a moment. God is able, because of his power at work within us, to do so much more than what we could ever imagine. So you think of your best outcome. Really, you, think you're, you have a need, you have a, a, a need a miracle, you need an answer. You think of the very best outcome. If this would happen, that would be awesome. And then you lay it before Jesus, and you say, but Jesus, whatever you want would be even better. And God says, thank you. You had a really good try at it, but I got something so much better than what you can imagine. And he does it constantly. Another story, this is the last story. Jesus had a really, really good friend named Lazarus. And... He, him and his disciples were in a different town than where Lazarus lived. And some of Lazarus's their friends came to Jesus and said, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is sick. And, and I, don't, I don't know if he's going to make it. He's in really bad shape. You need to come. And Jesus says, thank you. Appreciate the news. I'll get there soon. So they go back and Jesus, he didn't go. And his disciples are like, Jesus... Your friend is sick. Aren't you going to do something about it? I mean, it would be awesome. We know you can. You should go back and heal Lazarus. 
And Jesus like, no, I'm going to wait a little bit. And then he says this in John 11. He told them plainly, Lazarus is dead after a couple days of waiting. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there because this will give you another opportunity to believe in me. Come, let's go see him. You know what Jesus' idea was? I imagine the disciples were very disappointed. Jesus, you missed a perfect opportunity to do a miracle and for people to see this. And Jesus goes, you wait. Yeah, I could go back and heal him. Yeah, that'd be cool. But I got something even better. I'm going to raise him from the dead. The end result, same thing, right? A healed, well, Lazarus. But Jesus had something greater than a healing in mind. He had a raising from the dead. And in your life, your greatest picture of God meeting your need might be a healing, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. That would be awesome. This, if, God, if God did this, this would be amazing. And God's going, just, just wait. Just wait a little bit. Keep believing, keep praying, just wait a little bit. I have a resurrection in mind. It's going to be even better. But if we give up and we get mad at God and He doesn't do it our way and in our time, we just might miss the resurrection. Keep trusting, keep praying. But then you have to accept God's answer to your prayer, God's will. So no matter how bad your situation, I want you to know this morning that God has good things in mind for you and your situation. And we need to accept whatever his answer is as the best possible outcome, even if we don't understand it. And even if we don't like it, it's the best thing possible for us. Then, after everything, once God has answered our prayer, maybe he's performed a miracle or whatever the situation, how do we respond to that? Well, here's what the woman did in Mark 5.33. The end of the story says this. The woman realized what had happened to her so she came, trembling with fear, knelt at his feet, and told him the whole truth. How do we respond when God does answer us? When there's a miracle? When God does finally come through, even if it's confusing for us? We worship him. We just bow before him and say, God, thank you. I might not understand it. You might not even like it at the moment. <laughs> but God came through. He did something amazing. And you just say, God, thank you. I praise you for who you are and what you've done. And that's what we do, folks, every Sunday morning. That's what we did this morning. We come together every week. And we simply, that's what our worship is. We simply thank him. We praise him. We adore him. Oh, come let us adore him is our chorus of worship to him. Maybe 
Maybe you say, well, I don't know that I have anything to praise him about this past week. God's still God, isn't he? He's not done. He hasn't given up on you. That's enough to come together and to simply say, God, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you for who you are, for what you're doing, for what, you're done, what you've done, and for what you're going to do. We worship you. Just need you to know this morning that God's up to something good in your life right now. You may not see it. You may not feel it. But I want to say don't give up. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop asking. Don't stop acting. Don't stop having faith. God is at work and he wants to do something in his time, in his way. And he's going to do it completely and do it so much better than what you could ever imagine.